Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. All of us had just started thinking we were opening up. You know, many of us planned trips at the holidays, as you all know, and uh, the world was really starting to come back, uh, and and rightly so for economic reasons, reasons of travel for families, etc. And this is, I think, Raj, to your question, what the challenge is, because we want to make sure that we don't find ourselves uh, again in a situation where hospitals are overwhelmed and there may be some challenges uh, like that. Uh, so anyway, let's move on, because I, I do want to talk to our next guest. I'm, mm. I'm excited to figure out what the trends that that she is seeing across some of this travel. Joining us, Laura Holdsworth, the Managing Director, Asia Pacific for Booking.com. Laura, good morning. Welcome back to Money FM. Good morning. Thank you, Glenn. Hi, Neil. Hello. Nice to meet you. This is a a relatively new position for you. Congratulations on this uh, amazing job at an amazing time in history when we're uh, we're looking at travel coming back and yet people are also a little bit uh, concerned about travel. What what kind of trends are you seeing, Laura, at Booking.com in in the past uh, few months or so? Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Yes, you're right. Uh, just six months with Booking. Um, having spent the last 15 years in the travel industry in uh, in Asia Pacific, so I'm excited to be in Booking at a time when, as you said, travel demand is very clearly there, um, and we are starting to see it recover. Obviously, uh, we are impacted very much, as you were just talking about, by variants that are of concern that we are that are not known yet. So that has a big impact, and we see it very much in our bookings, in our searches. Um, but as we've looked at the, the trends for 2022, every year booking do a study to see what is top of mind. Um, and so our predictions this year are very interesting in the fact that the number one is the unpredictability um, and the fact that we are out to embrace that unpredictability, but with some key priorities in there. So almost half of travelers in Singapore said that they want to make sure that there's a reassurance that they won't have any money loss, right? that yeah. they will... They want to book their travel, but they're not going to lose money. Um, almost a third said that they want to be able to the flexibility to cancel or the flexibility to be able to readjust dates. So all about the unpredictability and embracing it. So that was kind of the number one that we saw. The second was an interesting one now called the vitamin vacay. In Singapore, mm. almost 85% of our travelers have said that Above anything else, they feel that travel is the best way for relax and re- uh, rest and relaxation hmm. and so that they can get uh, their mental health and their mental well-being in check uh, and are saying that the vitamin vacay uh, is the way to do that. The other one, and I think this is really interesting, um, is community first, uh, where we've seen that travelers now have a desire to make sure that, that the spend that they bring into a location is going on local communities and the place they stay is supporting local businesses. Mm. If I reflect on that, I think that that is coming very much, I think, coming from people are traveling much more in their own backyard, right? People are traveling domestically. People are going to places that are resonating with them. Traditionally may have gone further afield. So I think that this kind of community first, the impact that they have when they're in a destination um, is starting to resonate with people. And then the other one, and this is, a complete switch from last year uh, when we looked at the, the predictions is that the uh, the resetting of the out-of-home office, um, last year it was very much about combining, you know, we're not in the office anymore, we can combine work and, and play and we can be anywhere and we'll stay longer. 
now there is a desire to put that cut back in. Um, and about a third of our travelers said that they will be very clearly delineating between work and off uh, when they're on vacation now. Mm-hmm. So I think that that, again, was a complete switch from we can combine it because we can uh, to we don't want to anymore. We need to mm-hmm. take the break. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are the four kind of big key ones we saw for this year. And I think that they're interesting uh, based on. Very interesting. Yeah. The way that people are thinking now. The one that interests me, Laura, that you didn't mention was, of course, people take Glenn's example, that people have to travel. It's not a question of, oh, I, I, I want the vacation. They're traveling to see family that they haven't seen for two or three years. And I think this is often forgotten by people who say, oh, you know, they're just, you know, jet setting around the world. Well, no, actually, a lot of people are going to see loved ones they haven't seen for two or three years. How does that relate in your trends in the sense that, you know, the feedback that I've been seeing and the stats that I've read is there hasn't been a huge fall in demand despite the, the recent variant rise because of that, because people are willing to take whatever risks are necessary, whatever COVID tests they have to take, they'll do it. They're going to see their loved ones. And so that's why there hasn't been a huge drop in demand since the recent developments. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, I think definitely, No, you're right. I mean, we have seen, um, we see very much predictable based on what the reopenings, the slew of reopenings that came over the last few weeks prior to the Omicron announcement last week, we very much see as a travel lane opens, there's a spike in searches and then the intent to converts to bookings. But you're exactly right. I mean, even when the VTLs opened for Singapore, um, back to Europe, I was the first one on it, you know, to your point, back to see family, first trip. Um, and I think, you know, we are definitely seeing that people will take those trips they're doing it differently. They're doing it with an abundance of caution. Um, but you're right. The desire to travel is there. The desire for mental well-being, as we just talked about, the vitamin vacay. But also, um, you know, the other trend we saw now in the prediction is the new places, new faces. People have a desire to go somewhere new. Mm. But I think that's also, you know, if I think about myself, I also have that. But I've also got a lot of places that I've missed and people that I've missed. Mm. And so I think that we're also seeing, while there's an intent for the new um, the the first reality is, like you say, loved ones, places you've missed, people you've missed. So yeah, we are definitely seeing that. But yeah, the trends follow wherever the opportunity is right now. We're speaking with Laura Holdsworth, managing director, Asia Pacific for Booking dot com. Laura. The uh, recent announcements in the last couple of days are now leading to the reality that when we take our trip uh, back to the U.S. next week, uh, between going and coming, we will have to take uh, at least 10 uh, COVID tests per person. So that's 40 for my family uh, over the course of several weeks. Um, you know, look, it's just an ART test or whatever, so it's not the end of the world and, and first world problems to be sure. Uh, but it is uh, – I think something that when I've talked to our friends, we talked to Steve uh, Oaken earlier on the show. He's doing the same when he goes up to KL next week just for a business trip. Do you see that some of these additional regulations may um, lead people to say, you know what, I'm just not going to put up with the hassle. Uh, I'm not going to put up with the uncertainty of if I go to my destination, uh, is Omicron going to leap up there and all of a sudden keep me from coming home or quarantining back home or whatever uh, that may be? Do, do you sense that that will be a factor, especially in the next, let's say, uh, uh, eight weeks or so of people traveling? Yes, I think definitely. I think there was a 
a resurgence of excitement um, as we saw this opportunity to travel coming to the end of the year. Um, people, like I say, reigniting, we are reuniting with family. Um, and I think that now there is a this abundance of caution. <clears throat> as I think people who, to Neil's point, when it relates to family, people are going to do it. Um, people are going to take those 40 tests, in your case, going with the whole family. Um, but whether it's for business travel, I think people will take the first trip. And then whether or not they see that it gets challenging, there's the risk potentially of getting stuck. Yeah. Um, we do see that people are a bit more cautious now um, because two or three weeks ago, we were thought we were only going in one direction. And then now again, we hit a bump um, and we, we don't know at this stage. So, yeah, I think that there is the, the caution about getting stuck. And you know, Singapore has not had the, the ability to do the domestic travel as much. Staycations, yes, but to get in the car and drive, um, which has also been a trend we've seen um, globally where people feel safer, um, potentially driving places. And we see potentially now for Singapore as the borders open with Malaysia, people yeah. will be driving maybe in Malacca to KL. Um, but yes, the thought of getting stuck, I think, is on people's minds for sure. Um, but no. we are confident that people still have a bigger desire to travel than to not. So. Mm. Yeah, and taking that point a bit further, Laura, you're in contact with all kinds of partners and businesses involved in the travel industry, the tourism industry, of course, as well. What is the general mood now looking ahead to 2022? Is it a sense of wait and see or is there an increasing, I don't know, cautious optimism? I think that's exactly the right word, Neil, cautious optimism. Um, we see it, um, our partners, our hotel accommodation partners definitely see it. They are gearing up. Um, and we've seen it. I was in Europe in the summer and I was in the US last month. And we can see where these markets have already been open for a while. The caution is also decreasing in, in travelers themselves. They're getting more comfortable. Restrictions have been lifted for longer. And you can see that they're moving around much more. I mean, right now, again, they're kind of you know in this unknown space. But you can see that the confidence comes back over a period of time as well. And so I think we're in Asia. We were just starting to see that. And I think that that will continue uh, on that trajectory. So definitely. And it's interesting, just kind of going back to your point earlier, just as I joined around the uh, the sustainable aspect now, travel is so critical. Um, you, know, you were talking, Glenn, about the calendars and all the plastic <laughs> We are seeing very much this is a trend. Um, Two-thirds of Singaporeans have said that they will now make sure that they are traveling. It's vital to travel sustainably. That's good. So what that means is they're looking for accommodation that has practices in place that align to their values as well. And so we are at Booking.com. We're trying to support making that possible by putting allowing the properties to be to list as travel sustainable with a travel sustainable badge. But, yeah, it's... It is critical. It's top of mind. Um, but I think back to your earlier point about there's cautious optimism for the future and we're preparing um, both our accommodation partners and the travelers for it. Talking with Laura Holdsworth, the managing director of Asia Pacific for Booking.com. Laura, you said a couple of things that were interesting to me. And uh, traditionally, tra- travel aggregators like Booking.com have have always gone for uh, you know very inexpensive travel and and getting people to, to travel no matter what. But that has also led to restrictions on how they travel, what the refund policies or the change policies look like. Now, I know that may not specifically be the uh, be because of Booking.com and what you do, but are you are you thinking in terms of offering more 
products or opportunities or options for people that do want to have that flexibility? You talked about it a little bit earlier. And is there a special category or, or something that Booking.com can uh, initiate that, that talks about more sustainable travel in, in ways that would be more in line with what people are looking for today, whether it's COVID or sustainability? Yeah, absolutely, Glenn. And as uh, as one of the leading travel companies in the world, we see it as our opportunity, but our duty also um, to provide these options. So we're working very much with our accommodation partners to provide that flexibility. So we provide products that enable them to provide the flexibility of date changes, refunds, because there is so much uncertainty. And as we talked about earlier, that is one of the key priorities, the three key priorities for travelers right now. Do, do those, sorry, Laura, do those changes have to come from your partners, you know, the airlines, for example, or the hotels, or can you implement them on the booking.com side? So we implement them on this on our side, but they have to be confirmed by the partners. So they have to agree to to do that. Um, I mean, we're just the aggregator, you know, the right. payments are with the hotel. So we support um, the way that the hotels want to operate, but they also are looking for, you know, they've also got a healing process to go through. Um, you know, mm. travelers are impacted, but the, the hotels are very much impacted by, by this. And so we're trying to find a balance that enables them to keep travelers coming um, and keep their bookings. Um, but also then give the flexibility that the travelers need in uncertain times. So we're trying to find the balance and work together with the partners uh, on this. And then to your sustainability question, Glenn, absolutely. Um, and we launched in mid-November our Travel Sustainable Badge, which enables our partners to highlight what uh, practices they're doing because we can see uh, 85% of travelers are saying that it's vital to travel sustainably. And therefore, we've got to give them the ability to search for what they're looking for. So it's kind of a virtuous circle where we help the partners to get there, um, our accommodation partners, and then the travelers to find the accommodations that match what, how they want to travel in the future. So we're super excited um, about the Travel Sustainable Badge, what that means for, um, for, the, for the local communities, for our uh, accommodation partners and for travelers themselves. It's wonderful. I mean, this, the sustainability aspect is fascinating to me. And that tied in with the cautious optimism and the other issues that we've discussed today. Are they across the board or do you see any trends that differ depending on the demographic? I mean, are younger travellers more concerned about the sustainability than older travellers, or is that too much of a stereotype? I mean, is there a, any kind of demographic breakdown in terms of who wants what? Yeah, I think it's it sounds like a stereotype, but the reality is it's there. Um, I think that the younger travellers are much more aware um, of, of the impact that they're having. I mean, they've grown up in an environment where we've already been talking about it for quite some time. And I think that they want to travel with purpose. They want to make sure that they are having an impact. Like I said, I think it was two-thirds of even the Singaporean travelers are saying they want to have a positive impact on local communities when they go to places. Uh, and I think so it's much more beyond kind of the traditional what partners are doing around waste, water, energy. Um, but it's really now about making sure that local communities are benefiting um, from bringing tourism in. So, yeah, I think we do see... The demographic, it's younger. I mean, obviously, budgets also come a lot into play, too. Um, and so people are traveling where budgets allow, but they're wanting to search for within their, their values, too. So, uh, One last yes. quick question, Laura. Uh, Booking.com, I've, I've been on the site quite a number of times. I've booked some trips there as well. And I'm just wondering, is there space for uh, – for, uh, 
uh, the ability for travelers to uh, get uh, carbon credits, for example, to invest in carbon credits, to buy carbon credits for their trip, uh, or some of these other um, uh, you know, travel insurance uh, type products and things, can all of that be gotten on Booking.com now, or do people need to go other places, or is that something you're looking at? Absolutely. The connected trip is is the the dream state for booking and we're working very much towards that. Um, we make company acquisitions to support that. But we're also, you know, we have a, a group within our booking holdings platform. We have a number of uh, companies that are building this connected trip. We offer now flights um, in like, 29 countries. We've got uh, the insurance product we just launched also earlier this year. So we are trying to find ways to make sure that we remove the friction um, for our travelers so that they can do everything in one place and that they are then able to support changes in one place uh, and to make their journey much easier for themselves. So, yes, the connected trip is something that is um, a what Booking.com are working on. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. We do have to leave it there. Laura Holdsworth, the Managing Director, AsiaPacificBooking.com. Thanks and uh, safe travels to yourself over the holidays. Thank you very much, Glenn. Thanks, Neil. You too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.